0: Happy New Year to all of you beautiful people who listen to the podcast, return viewers, new viewers, anybody who is looking for, you know, just stuff about movies, you know, podcasts, YouTube channels, anything of that nature. Uh, I appreciate all of you, and I wish you all a great new year. We are getting into 2024, and starting off with some new endeavors on my end that I hope you are all going to be uh, here for the ride for, essentially, so... Before I get into what this entry is about, uh, a lot of things have been happening over the last couple of months. After I finished my last run of the thirty-one horror movies uh, for Halloween, which I've been doing on the channel for since it, since I started it three years ago, uh, I had made some some strides in other areas that I started making this way of combining things, and I think I've brought that up on the podcast before. And if you follow me on YouTube. Um, you know what that's all about. Uh, my YouTube channel is now this headquarters of all of the content I put out there, and I'm really diving more towards my movie orientated uh, background and things. You know, I've said it before. I love movies. I've loved movies since I was a kid. My father got me into them. and I had started a channel a long time ago. It wasn't that successful and it was hard to keep up with i've recently found a new motivation to trying it again because essentially what i was doing was for the last year i was trying the gaming stuff the gaming stuff wasn't really that successful because uh, let's face it the the market is kind of oversaturated when it comes to the uh what a friend of mine calls the let's play of youtube it's probably not something he calls it's probably what it actually is called but I've never really referred to it as that, I just, you know, I watch some gaming channels myself, and I love playing games, so I thought, I'd give that a shot. And I spent a year, you know, working really hard on putting out, I want to say like 100 videos in gaming. Um, I made up a schedule, I was doing a lot uh, of things that I wanted to do, you know, I wasn't really trying to be one of those people in gaming that was just, you know, always... Fortnite or always Call of Duty or always multiplayer. Like I wanted to drive towards story stuff because that's really what my basis and everything is. Like I love movies for good stories. I love good stories in gaming. You know, I I'm a big reader, I'm a big writer, you know, I have my novel out, I'm writing my second novel now, while also working on the audiobook still for my first novel. But, you know, storytelling is what, you know, I you I love. It's the things that I'm passionate about. So I wanted to kind of present that in the gaming realm, just like playing games with good stories and having fun with it. Uh, but, of course, it wasn't going anywhere. I think at most I got was like 200 views, maybe. And all most of it was that one video that had like 50. And over the course of a year, I went up like 20 subscribers that weren't people... That I knew that were supporting me because they just knew I had another channel out there. So I did a whole revamp and I decided to shift from just being gaming to being this studio. Where I would connect everything to this brand. And again, I think I've said that before, but I'm just kind of reiterating it. um, That everything is going to be coming out of the Ghost Potato Studio. Uh, That's including... The, that was meant to include the gaming stuff, the podcast stuff, the writing stuff, anything I do content related. It's all going to be correlated with that. So once I did that, I was like, you know what? I want to get back into doing movie stuff too because there are a lot of things that I did for that first crack at having a channel that I still had access to. Like I had, I don't know, maybe 30 scripts written for different videos. And I had all these other really cool ideas of things I wanted to do. And I just kept thinking about it. And I'm just like, really, I'm really passionate about movies. And I really love, like, talking about them. You know, I'm kind of the movie guy for a lot of people that I know or that people need to f- have... Comp- like, when they're doing stuff with other people and they need to know movies, they usually come to me. And that's not me, like, tooting my own horn. It's just that's how I present myself. I literally am a movie guy. It's so my... The, the, the hobby that I've chosen to grow with and it's sort of just what I want to also involve in a, in a lot of this other stuff. Like when I started the, the podcast thing, the podcast was um, meant to be what that other channel sort of was and I just couldn't find my voice in that other channel. So since I couldn't find my voice, I now found it in this new path that I've been taking. And because of that, it's just making me want to connect things even more. So moving forward, uh, I'm going to be giving this podcast a little bit more stability, a little bit more uh, attention, a little bit more structure. It's always kind of been this, I sort of do entries when I want. I can do them in bulk. I can take breaks and everything like that. And I just feel like... You know, I, I want to still have, the, still show the passion I have for this because the thing that separates this from anything else I do is that I don't script these. I'm, you can see it in some of the things I'm doing. I'm doing a lot of ums and likes. That's kind of just me not having any focus simply because I'm talking straight up. I don't write scripts for these entries, I do. So I always wanted it to kind of have that freedom. And so I was thinking, how can I have that freedom but still have it have its focus? So I decided that I was going to start giving it a schedule. So it's no longer going to be just entries whenever I want. I'm going to focus on at least one entry every week. And that entry is going to also connect to the YouTube channel. Because I have now abandoned, essentially, for the time being... I don't know if it's going to be for the whole time. But for the time being, I've abandoned the gaming. um, And I've moved straight into the movie aspect of things. Uh, In doing so, over the course of the last two or three months... Uh, my YouTube channel has grown the views and listens on the podcast have grown. I am, you know, tremendously grateful for all of that. And I want to continue that path by giving, you know, giving, giving the necessary amount of work I should be giving when I'm still trying to build this audience and have people, you know, sort of care about the things I want to say, or at least find enjoyment in the things that I'm putting out there. So this is now going to have a structure. It's going to connect directly to the YouTube channel as well as now YouTube Music. It's still going to be on the Google Podcast app, but the Google Podcast app is going out the window in a couple of months from what I've read. So I've already integrated it into YouTube Music and onto the YouTube channel, and there's other, there's something else I hadn't been doing. Uh, the hosting site that I use, it allows for each individual file I upload into it to have a... Uh, an image file that connects to the metadata for it when it gets uploaded into their platform to push out to all the networks I hosted uh, the podcast on. I don't usually put that in there because I I never really saw the need for it. Well, now I see a need for it because as I've connected it to YouTube, it's just pulling the logo. So while I'm trying to transfer these video into YouTube, I now have to create... 300 different images to at least have something different in what you're seeing from those old ones as i transition them into the youtube network and everything else moving forward is going to have to follow suit with that so as new ones come out they're going to be a little bit more uh fine-tuned i guess you can say just to make it where they are uh they have a little bit more legitimacy to it and they don't just look like uh, image behind a screen the image will actually not just be what it is now as the logo of the podcast, but something actually connected to the movie to kind of let you know what's happening. And again, you know, I am a big person who's used YouTube to just listen to stuff and not necessarily watch. So I understand it's not 100% necessary, but I do feel that it is something I should do if I'm trying to make the quality of what I'm putting out there worthwhile. So creating the structure will also help me push out things more frequently. You know, I'm still working on videos. You know, I have... My little mini documentaries, uh, the occasional list videos will come out. I'll have videos for this coming out. I'm pushing out shorts that are kind of just correlated to scenes and clips and, you know, from TV shows and movies and things that I just love and, can, and just want to have fun with, you know, little edited things. I put out something uh, a couple weeks ago, what I like to call It in the Pit, uh, which essentially is that scene from the uh the 2019 version of it where he's dancing in the in the basement as like right before the 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 battle with uh with the losers club when they're kids right before that he does that little weird dancing thing so i put that to like a heavy metal song so it looks like he's in a mosh pit and i just you know overly edited that to make it look quirky and i had a lot of fun with it so i have videos like that too so that's kind of what the youtube channel is going to be focusing on it's just me still having fun but doing it with the, the movie stuff as uh, a focus. Uh, it has over, it has almost, not over I shouldn't say, let me not toot my own horn too much, but it has almost 300 subscribers and I continue to grow. I've gotten that in a very short period of time once I made this change and I'm going to continue to push out all of the things that I am passionate about and hopefully everybody else enjoys and you can follow me along on that journey and i really do appreciate it so i've spent at least 10 minutes talking about all that other stuff minusing what this actual entry is meant to be for uh so maybe maybe i'll cut this off and i'll just do another and nah nah, we'll leave it here so let's get into what the actual entry is about now that i've kind of been done the update for any of my uh returning viewers thank you for listening up to this point um what the actual entry is meant to be on is this new hunger games movie the ballad of songbirds and snakes so the ballad of songbirds and snakes is it's kind of weird to me uh the original series and the original novels i believe the novels came out sometime between like 2008 and 2010 And the first set of trilogy... Well, not even trilogies. Because they made four movies. Because that's a thing Hollywood loves to do. They'll take a trilogy to make more money. They'll split it into two. Like, anybody who loves the Hobbit movies... That has never understood the books. You don't understand how... To certain viewers, the Hobbit series is... Like, really ridiculous. Because the Hobbit's one book. And it's literally the smallest book out of the four books... That is about the Lord of the Rings. Like, the, the, the Lord of the Rings trilogy... And the Hobbit are two completely separate animals... And literally, The Hobbit is not even half of what any one of those books is as far as page and uh, word count is. And you turned three movies into that one story, and that's definitely a cash grab to me. And I truthfully have never seen them because I just, I don't feel the need to support that. Because there's a 1978 version that's an animated film. That's a perfect representation of that book to me and that's probably just my childhood talking but that that's how i feel in my heart and that's sort of what they did with the hunger games you had the three books you turned the three books into two movies and the third movie you separated into two movies to separate that book to tell that story completely now not to get into all of those movies because that could be a completely separate entry cuz i have my gripes about those films in comparison to those books i did read all three of those books and I did enjoy them, you know, back then. I don't remember them all that well to say exactly what the films back then were missing compared to the books right now. Back then, I probably would have been a little bit better at explaining that. But the one thing I have to give the movies credit for is that the books are told through the perspective of the character Katniss Everdeen, who's a 16-year-old girl. So there's a certain level of drama that's presented in her dialogue because it's a first-person directed story you can't do that in a film so you have to create the atmosphere around it which is why a lot of things from the book is probably missing because they had to add those things for the movie to demonstrate you know what goes on that Katniss doesn't see that would make sense to the viewer and still add to the story which truthfully from what I recall a lot really did there's a lot that they showed that was kind of not in the books because you can't express those when you're only seeing things through the eyes of one character. So I gave the films back then a little bit of credit for that in and of itself. Now, this one is weird to me. I have not read this book, I really didn't have any interest in reading this book. And it came out 10 years after. I want to say I think I read it, it was 2020 that the actual book came out. And it was 10 years after that book came that the original trilogy comes out that they made uh, the author. Sorry, not they. The author, uh, Suzanne Collins, wrote this new book, which is a prequel. And it's not meant to have anything more. It's just a random prequel she wrote. And I didn't know anything about it. I just knew that it was meant to be a story that took place years before the events of the Hunger Games trilogy. So what are those events? Well, if you didn't really care to go out and find it and read it and understand it or anything of that nature. All you would have is the trailers that started coming out about two years after the book was released when they announced that there would be a movie made for it. So the movie started working its process, got into production, all that bullshit, went out with a trailer, and to me, I didn't make this connection right off the bat because we're talking it's a decade since those movies and books have really mattered, to me at least. I don't know if anybody else has been sitting there craving for more hunger games because that story is very well-rounded and a prequel makes the most sense but i don't know enough about those books to know anything about what the story was meant to be so when i started seeing trailers i started connecting the character played by tom blith to be a younger version of woody harrelson's character Hamish. now i wasn't really a hundred percent paying attention to the trailer when it came to who they were naming certain characters but essentially I was wrong. It's not about his Hunger Games, which to me made a little bit more sense in my mind. It's about a younger version of Coriolanus Snow who is President Snow in the in the trilogy that we know of as the Hunger Games now. So that's it goes back to the 10th Hunger Games whereas the original trilogy if I'm not mistaken is the 25th and it's meant to sort of connect us in a way with feeling sorry for the guy who was going to become the evil president and i don't understand why anybody would care like why would anybody so it's not even just a matter of caring about what what it was like for him like he's the bad guy like to make a prequel story about the essential bad guy of the first three books that happens years after the fact to kind of show, oh, it was the 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 environment he was in that made him this way, and that's why he's such a, a dictator now where he's just even more ruthless than how they were 15 years before the fact. That's just very strange. Like, I don't understand the connection they were trying to make when, I think what they were going for is this is this push that Hollywood has been doing to give the bad guy these feel-bad stories. You know what I mean? Venom, Maleficent, sort of making them anti-heroes. Even if some of them are, they don't all necessarily have to be. You know what I'm saying? So, this was maybe uh, Suzanne Collins' way of saying, hey, here's another way of seeing how that story can progress. But now I can't forget what... How am I supposed to look at this guy and feel sorry for him that his family is poor and he had to fight for to be hungry in the streets? And then he grew up and became the worst president in the world to the point where he was literally murdered in front of the Capitol. That's essentially how those three books end. It ends with him getting murdered by Katniss in, in the middle of the of this whole meeting of the districts that they have. And I'm supposed to now care about that guy because he's young and trying to help his family. I just, I just don't see it. And then there's also the convoluted story of the winner. Like, why would you have this connection of him falling in love with the girl who's from District 12 and not have her connect to the other story? I read somewhere, I think it was on a Reddit post. I had read, uh, somebody pointed out that... Um, They disappeared, I don't remember hearing this in the movie, it might have been a line that kind of skipped while I was watching, and my brain just didn't process it, but the creator of the games, uh, Dr. Gall, had wiped those games clean to kind of let there be no record of the 10th annual game, so that's why they don't know the winner, because essentially that winner being Lucy Gray disappeared, and nobody ever found her again. Okay that that just sounds like bad writing to make it make sense with the rest of the story like if you're going to make a story like this you should at least make it make sense like even even make her making her die or making snow kill her which is why he then becomes this ruthless like person later on in life that would make more sense to me than her just disappearing and then not claiming that particular hunger games never existed so they just wipe it and they just expect that to be the end all be all this is a very weird way of putting it that i don't necessarily appreciate and i haven't read the book to know if that's even if if the book is better or worse than this i do know there's a lot of mixed reviews about this film and i lean more towards the the negative when it comes to this film simply because i just don't i don't see its purpose especially if you're not willing to go any further into that if you're not willing to give us anything else regarding a prequel, what I would really like to see is I would love to see a story. If you're doing a prequel, you should have done Hamage's Hunger Games and how he won. And I get that this was meant to be the representation of when they started doing the whole mentor thing and the whole prize stuff changed. Okay, that makes sense. But if you're going to do that, you could have done it in a way shorter period of time that wasn't that serious. You didn't have to go into this, this, this backwards love story that just led us to just not feeling fulfilled i feel no fulfillment because all i know is that this guy's gonna grow up become president and become the most hated character in the trilogy it's prequel to and there's nothing we don't know what happens to lucy gray we don't know what happens to the character now granted i'm not the biggest fan of rachel zegler but i do believe she puts on a great performance in this film and her singing is top notch and i feel that even she deserved a bit more of a better ending than this And that's the other thing that I kind of lean towards the other side and go, well, maybe this is just a bold way of presenting that story that is kind of unconventional. And maybe that's why my my inability to accept that, that it's unconventional and unconventional is unique. And actually, maybe I would rather take that than the obvious ending of him killing the love of his life. And that's why he hates the name Katniss. And that's why he hates District 12 years down the line when he becomes president for like a real rag to riches story it's just weird for me to connect those two and i want to see the appreciation and how different it is to not give me what i wanted and kind of asking me for more but some movies get away with that and some don't this isn't meant to be an experimental film or again i don't know the book but i don't even know if the if the book ends like this and to me it's not even supposed to be an experimental book. Like, these have a very particular format of how things are done, and the first three books kind of set that precedent. Yes, it's a prequel. Doesn't mean it still shouldn't follow suit in some capacity. If this is what they were going for, with that bold kind of way to abruptly bring things to a close, then, you know, bravo to you. Maybe it works for some people, but it's really tough for me to say that I appreciate the ending. I did find the film all in itself. You know, I liked that, you know, how the Hunger Games were presented. I liked um, how it kind of took some time to get to the point, but then it also dragged on a few things that were, might've been unnecessary. Like there's at least a half hour of this film they could have cut out that was just unnecessary. And And that's me being nice, saying 30 minutes that was just unnecessary throughout the whole film. Other than that, you know, leading up to that point, it's not bad, you know, it does show you how Snow does become this, you know, ruthless sort of uh, endeavor into making his family's name more meaningful again, but it's just, it's, it, uh, why would I care? Why would I care about Snow? Like, I, I cared more when he got shot with an arrow than I did when he, when, when he went, went back home and grew his hair back out, and was with his sister, And there's like no closure with his sister because you can see it at the very one of the very last scenes as his sister knows that he's kind of on the brink of not being himself anymore. So it's like, do we have any closure to that? Does that get any closure or anything? It's just if that's meant to be what it does, then I'm kind of disappointed. And I can't say that you shouldn't watch it. I can't say that you shouldn't, you know, say it's just as good. I'm still going to say that the original trilogy is way better than this. And this is sort of unnecessary, so I'm still going to say that, but all in all, it's, it's a good movie. It's a good movie to watch if you're okay with the accepting of something that's not conventional. Because the ending is not conventional, and it can be really, really daunting to think about when you're like, oh, what the fuck happened to Lucy Gray? Like, why are we just not going to get any closure on that? she just runs off into the woods and he's left questioning it and she's just disappeared. And then her whole hunger games gets wiped because she wins and she's the first one that gets like sponsored like that. Oh, and don't even get me started on all the other stuff that they're trying to build in that frigging thing. Like this is meant to be the first hunger games where they incorporate, um, uh, what is it? Um, sponsorships where they're trying to sell their people to kind of be the victor to kind of donate so they can get, uh things into the game for them. And the weapons they start off with and the, the the overall feeling of like if there wasn't a bomb that went off that kind of made this all look like rubble, it would have just been a big arena and everybody would have been dead within a couple hours. So it's sort of like there were plot devices there to make it where it was more so the hunger games we're used to, when essentially that isn't even what it should have been representing. It should have been representing what those hunger games were. And you saw it was this big dome looked like a giant coliseum where they used to have gladiators that had nothing in it. They even showed it to them like right as the there's a whole scene where there's a bombing that they showed them. Hey, this is going to be the arena and it's just open space. It's just open space that doesn't give anybody a good feeling about what's going to happen because there's no running and hiding. It's not like what the Hunger Games was in the newer version, which to this story it is. The 25th, so it's 15 years after the fact. So by that time, it's like, well, they're just going to run at each other and just everybody dies in a hot second. If there was no explosion to open up some holes and leave some rubble and debris, they would have all died in like an hour. The whole Hunger Games would have been an hour long. And is that what they were doing? Like, they were keeping these people in zoo cages. They were just letting them sleep there. They didn't get hotel rooms and fancy dresses and get to eat crazy meals with other people like they do in the original so to show that you should have showed the whole thing which you should have showed the hunger games like that if you wanted to do that kind of prequel that again this is just me and these are just my feelings but you know me may, maybe I, not everybody is with me like i said it's got mixed reviews so there's a lot of people on the positive side there's a lot of people on the negative side. You know, critically speaking, I'm more towards the negative, but I do see some positives in the film in the long run to say it is kind of worth watching to give your own opinion if you're a fan of the series. Um, I do kind of want to watch the trilogy again, not to lie, though.